This is Gareth Southgate, and this is the Three Lions Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Three Lions podcast. My name is Russell Osborne and this is an independent England football supporters podcast. Thanks as always for tuning in. You may have caught a recent episode, the one where I spoke with Aidan Smith from threelions.net where we discussed the possibility of the World Cup every two years. Certainly stirred a few emotions that one. That is still available at your usual podcast provider or at threelinespodcast.com. Go and, have a, uh, go and have a listen to that one. Go and check out Aidan's blog post on that. Uh, and of course, coming your way very soon will be the preview to what will be the senior men's final two World Cup qualifying games. We're at home to Albania and away to San Marino. But this episode, we are taking a look at the Lionesses. It's been a busy few weeks for them. And this is my recent chat with our England women's correspondent, Rich Laverty. Now, it's been a busy last couple of weeks for the Lionesses, what with the World Cup qualifiers and also the European Championships draw for next year. And here to have a chat with me all about it is our regular Lioness's correspondent. Welcome to Rich Laverty. Hello, mate. You all right? I'm good, mate. Thanks. How are you? Yeah, all very well, thank you. Sun is shining in November, which is which is always good. Um, not here. Not is here, it not? not? No. no. <laughs> well, Absolutely not here. Completely the opposite. <laughs> well, I'll pass you some up. Yeah, let's start with the uh, with the women um, on the on the World Cup qualifying front. Uh, they had two games recently. There was the the home game against Northern Ireland at Wembley, and then they're away at Latvia. And having previously scored what was it eighteen goals with none against against North Macedonia and Luxembourg, that was it. I don't know. It's always going to be a bit of a uh, a foregone conclusion, I guess. These ones four 0 against Northern Ireland. And another 10-0 win against Latvia. What do we take from this? I know we had a chat last time about the amount of goals and what we took from it, but what what do we take from these two games? Uh, I'm sure Serena Wiegmann will take some things. She tried a few different little things that maybe you can get away with when you're playing, you know, very much one of the weaker teams. I mean, against Northern Ireland, she basically took her fullbacks off and, and played two at the back almost at one point. England did actually very nearly get caught out with that as well. Basically just went all out attack to, to get the win. And obviously it worked. I don't think you'd try a back two against a, a Germany or a Spain or a France, etc. But yeah, I mean, they're, they're difficult, these games to judge because they're not anywhere near representative of what you'll play next summer uh, and it's a very unique situation because obviously before a tournament you wouldn't usually be playing world cup qualifiers but because yeah. of the now compacted schedule and the world cup being now only a year after the euros we are playing world cup qualifiers and, and it's the same for everyone you know spain germany france etc they're all having to play sort of these relatively uncompetitive uh friendly matches so 
I think when we get to January and we've got the new tournament where we play Germany, we play Spain. Sounds like we might be playing Canada as well. Right. Um, you know, that will be a much closer representation of, of what to expect next year, certainly with Germany and Spain. So, yeah, you know, people have said we started well, you know, we won four games. Yeah, of course we have, but, you know, we'd probably won those four games if I was in charge. So, you know, it, it's difficult because you've got to do them. You know, that, that that's how it is. You've got to qualify. You know, there's a lot of nations that are still very much, you know, underfunded, don't have the resources, don't have the player pool. And it's just one of those things. Obviously, we talk about it every camp now. Do we need pre-qualifiers or, you know, I wouldn't be against more going maybe to a Nations League style like we have in the men's game and, yeah. and we have a youth game in women's football now where teams get to obviously play more or less teams around their same level. I don't know as well, you know, what we talk about what do England get out of it, but what do Luxembourg get out of it and, and Latvia and North yeah. Macedonia, you know, being beaten 9 10 nil every game. So... Yeah, it's a difficult one. Look, there's no criticism of England. They've gone out and done the job. That you know, that's what they had to do. They've won their four games. They've not conceded, and and they're well on their way to the World Cup. So, from that point of view, you know, it's happy days. They're just doing what they've got to do. But uh, yeah, I, I haven't really got much. I enjoyed the Northern Ireland game actually because it was quite competitive for a while. You know, they did quite well Northern Ireland to to frustrate England, even if there was some bad finishing on England's part uh, for the first hour or so. But I didn't really get much enjoyment out of watching the other three games because it's a little bit sad in a yeah. way. Well, uh, that's how it is. Yeah. I mean, just, just looking at that Northern Ireland game was a super substitution, really, from Serena mm. Weigman. She brought on Beth Mead and Beth England at the same time. And within, I don't know, what, 10, 15 seconds, Beth Mead had put England ahead um, and then went on to score a hat-trick uh, and Beth England got in on the act as well. And that was, that was in front of 23,000 supporters, which was, which was quite good, I guess, for a, uh, a game at Wembley for the women. Yeah. I think generally few people were disappointed with, with the attendance given obviously in the past we've had, I think only a couple of years ago, 70 odd thousand for a friendly against Germany. But I think it's not quite, you know, obviously it's two UK teams, but I think, you know, fans know it's probably not going to be as competitive as if you are playing one of the top, top nations. Yeah, It was obviously on a weekend, there was Premier League football as well. And I do still think COVID is putting people off, you know, maybe, yeah. especially in women's football, where you have a lot of families and you have a lot of people bringing their young children. Um, I'm sure there's still people that are a bit, you know, hesitant about going back into that sort of crowded environment, especially in the winter. So you know, it's it's one of those things. But yeah, I mean, for a quite, I think it was the you know, the biggest European Championship qualifying crowd ever. So, you know, it, it's something to build on. And yeah, you know, it was great for Beth. You know, so she got left out of the Olympics and she's come back really this season and probably in the form of her life, to be honest, for Arsenal and England, um, the way she's scoring goals and, and creating them for both. So, you know, that's what you got to do. That's how you respond, isn't it? You know, you come back and, and you want to, you know, prove the manager, well, this different manager now, obviously, but you want to uh, prove you you deserve your spot in the squad. And and right now, you know, if Beth carries on as she is, she's going to be a, a probably a starting player at the, the Euros next year. So, you know, she's doing really well. And yeah, it was uh, it was great to see her come on and, and score because like you say, she's had good bits of form and, Probably the Olympics maybe came at the the wrong time um, in terms of she wasn't regularly finding the net. She was creating, but yeah, it was great. 
think to come on, I don't think there'll be many players, if any, that have scored a quicker hat-trick at, at Wembley than, than that. Yeah. We don't need to talk too much about the Latvia game, but I think Ella Toon should be given a special mention. She got a hat-trick in that game as well. Yeah, Ella's another one, you know, doing really well for herself. Um, you know, I openly admit that I always thought she was a very talented player. You know, I used to watch glimpses of her when she was at Manchester City, um, when she was really young. I was a little bit worried, you know, when Man United went out last summer and signed Lucy Staniforth and, and Hayley Ladd and, you know, Jackie Gronin and obviously this year, one or two others as well, you know, with those more sort of established international players, was Ella going to get the game time, you know, with Katie Zellum there as well, obviously the captain. So there was a lot of competition in that midfield role and, you know, you have to take your opportunities and, and Ella did because actually Man United had quite a few injuries in the attacking and midfield areas last season from very early on. And Ella just got a starting role in the team and she took her chances. And from there, she's just absolutely gone from strength to strength again, like Beth for club and for country. So she's another one that, you know, while she's still quite new to the squad, you sort of look at and go, well, she's got to be pushing for a, a starting role. Whether she will, you know, when, when push comes to shove against the top, top sides at the Euros next year, whether Serena will go, you know, maybe more Fran Kirby in that kind of attacking midfield role, who knows, or whether she'll push Fran into the front line. I think if she does, Ella's got a great chance um, and it's well-deserved. You know, it's completely on merit. She's worked hard and, and she's getting the rewards. Well, well, we'll crack on with the, the Euros in a moment, but the Lionesses have got two games this month towards the end of November. Face Austria at home on the 27th of November. That's up at Sunderland, I believe. And then they face Latvia on the following Tuesday. That's at home as well. But yeah, obviously we're looking to uh, to take maximum points from those. Um, Austria, possibly the the tougher of the opponents in the whole group. Yeah, I, th- I think obviously Austria are the, the second ranked team and they've got a few sort of decent established players. They've got a lot of players who play in the German league, the Bundesliga. So, you know, that should be the toughest test. It still should be, you know, England have a lot more strength than Austria they should win those games it will be interesting because obviously we play Austria at the Euros next year um, now we know and Northern Ireland of course um, both in the qualifying group so it makes it a little bit more interesting in terms of it gives you an idea of of what you're going to be up against next summer um, in terms of obviously two of the teams that we'll face I mean even Norway is quite a familiar opponent based on the last few tournaments so uh, yeah you know it's good to be going to two stadiums as well that you know, had a lot of history with the women's game. Obviously, Sunderland back up in the women's championship now. Um, I've had a few games at the Stadium of Light, and then and then the Keep Moat at Doncaster, which is a stadium I used to go. That's it. That's to what I was trying lot. to think of. Yeah, a stadium I used to go a lot to, and when Donny Bells were in the the yeah. WSL and then the championship. So, and I think England have played there a couple of times before too in the past. So it'd be great, you know, for England to be going back to those two stadiums and. Uh, yeah, you know, again, it, it, it's games England should win. Certainly the Latvia match, you know, obviously we saw last week. Um, it was a, a walk in the park. And uh, yeah, be interesting to see how we get on against Austria because I think they'll they'll set up solidly. They always are. You know, they got to the semi-finals of the last Euros under new management now uh, with Irene Furman. So uh, yeah, it'd be good. But like I said, I think the more interesting point is it gives you a little bit of a glimpse into now almost what you expect when we play them next summer as well. Yeah, well... Let's move on to the Euros. We've had a bit of a uh, bit of a checkered history 
at the Euros over the years. I think we've made the final on two occasions, but on a couple of occasions, we've uh, we've also bombed out in the group stages, which included one of the last times when it was held over here in England. And next year, 2022, the Women's European Championships will be held uh, in England. Uh, the draw was made back end of October uh, in a, uh, a blitzy little ceremony up, uh, in Manchester. It was on the BBC. Um, I always get excited about a draw. It doesn't matter what teams are, are involved. But as you've, you've mentioned there, England were were pulled out of the hat to face Austria, Norway, Northern Ireland in Group A. They'll play Austria at Old Trafford on the 6th of July, Norway at Brighton on the 11th of July and Northern Ireland at Southampton on the 15th of July. And I mean, as you mentioned there, we we know the opposition because they're in our World Cup qualifying groups. But I mean, it's actual tournament football um, there. So I guess we can expect the likes of Austria to maybe up their game a little bit, possibly. Yeah, maybe. Um, I sort of put the ultimate kiss of death on it because I said before the draw that I didn't want Austria and Northern Ireland because I yes, thought I it saw would- that. <laughs> I thought it would be dull and boring, which it is. I, <laughs> I, I stand by that point. But yeah, I, I was probably asking for it a little bit. It's a weird one because on paper, you know, it's a good draw. Um, yeah. They avoided Spain and Sweden from uh, from the second pot. I mean, Norway, no easy feat. You know, they've got some very good players. They've got Carolina Graham Hansen, who, who right now is one of the best players in the world. But it could have been a lot worse. I don't think they got the toughest team from any of the pots. Um, you know, they've shown they can be pretty dominant against Northern Ireland. Like you say, Austria will have a better idea of in a couple of weeks' time. But yeah, it's just, I don't think England v Austria was the sort of glitzy glamour first game at Old Trafford that the FA and UEFA probably had in mind. But that's, as they say, that's the look of the draw. Yeah, I mean, it, it's a great draw, but the sort of knockback of it is, obviously, whether we win the group or, or come second, we will play a team from Group B in the quarterfinals and Group B, you've got Germany, Spain and Denmark. So uh, either way, even if England do win the group, which you'd expect them to, they're probably going to get a very, very difficult quarterfinal. So, you know, that would be interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, from a, a group point of view, it's great. I mean, I'm just looking forward to the tournament, I think, to have a, a tournament here. In England, you know, right under our noses, you know, certainly for me with with so many cities in the north as well, obviously Sheffield too, where I work. So it's great. You know, I I'm, I'm genuinely cannot wait for it because it's just going to make such a pleasant change compared to, you know, when you're in sort of a more unfamiliar country and, and you get to travel. Obviously, that's the perks of, of going to tournaments abroad. You get to see new places, but there's a lot to be said for the familiarity of you know, trains and taxis and buses and things and not even having to get in hotels, you know, just being able to go home after a game. So yeah, yeah, just uh, just looking forward to it now. Well, just to finish off their Group B, Finland are the other team in Group B. Group C features the Netherlands, who are the current holders, uh, Sweden, Russia, Switzerland. Group D is France, Italy, Belgium and Iceland. And as you say, if, if we... If we win the group or come second, we will face a team from Group B, your Germany, your Denmark, your Spain, your Finland. I would just sort of looking into the future. If we were to win that group, we'd play down in Brighton. If we'll come second, I believe we'd play in Brentford. Uh, and then if we were to win the Brighton quarterfinal, there'd be a game at Sheffield United. If we were to win a Brentford quarterfinal, it would be at Milton Keynes. And then the final 
um, is at Wembley. Netherlands are the holders. Are they seen as the favourites still? Do you know, I'm, I'm, I made what I thought was a bold call at the draw, and then everybody absolutely agreed with me, and I realised it wasn't actually a bold call after all. So, But I, I said I thought the winner of the tournament would come from pot two, because I think, I think it's such an open tournament, because you look at pot one, and obviously England are in a little bit of a transition now with a new head coach, and... You know, I think beyond that, they've obviously had their issues in terms of results as well, you know, in games over the past 18 months, two years since the World Cup. I think you look at the Netherlands, obviously they're in a transition. They've got a new head coach in Matt Parsons. So, you know, France, I mean, France have got all the talent in the world, but they just seem to have too many off-field issues in terms of players that are not being selected by the manager. Um, I think Germany are kind of going about their business a little bit quietly in a way. Like we always seem to, in the men's game, obviously we always talk about Germany and tournaments, you know, how they sort of come alive. Yeah. Um, but they've got some really good young players coming through Germany. It's just whether they're, you know, maybe that new sort of new look Germany is ready for a, a major tournament. So I think all the pot one teams have frailties in a way. Um, I mean, look, you're not going to be shocked if the winner comes from pot one because, you know, they are four of the strongest teams, but I actually look right now in terms of consistency of having the same head coach, in terms of the quality of players. I mean, Spain, you can't discount because, you know, there's so many of the Barcelona team in there that have obviously won the treble this year. Sweden have just been sort of quietly building up, you know, got the bronze medal at the World Cup, got the silver medal at the Olympics. They're a very solid team. They've got very good players at the back. They've got very good players up front and they've got a very good coach. So... You know, if Spain or Sweden won the Euros, I would not be in the slightest bit surprised. Um, and I think I did a hypothetical sort of look at what the quarterfinals would be if, you know, all the pot one teams won their group and all the pot two teams come second. And obviously it's never as simple as that, but all four of the quarterfinals were mouthwatering in their own way. So I think it's just going to be a fantastic, you know, tournament. And I'll tell you what, if you win it, you are going to really have earned it because you are going to have had to play at least three or four of the top, top sides between those top two pots to to go all the way and, and win at Wembley. So I think um, I think the Netherlands have got a chance. You know, they, they've got great players. They've obviously got Miedemar up front, but their last few results haven't been hugely convincing against teams that aren't even at the European Championships. So... But like you can't discount them. They got to the World Cup final as well. And you know, I know Mark well, he's an English coach, and, and it'd be very interesting to see how he does after so so long having Serena there. So uh yeah, I just think overall it's gonna be such a, a high quality tournament. Excellent. Well, it is as I said, summer of next year, July next year. Uh, it's not too far away, really. So yeah, I'm no doubt we will we'll speak ahead of that, and and also maybe next or later on in the month when uh, when the lionesses are in action again. Yeah, no doubt. I'm just looking forward to, like you say, having some games to go to that are on my doorstep. I mean, Bramall has got you know a, a rematch of the World Cup semi final between Netherlands and Sweden. You've got, I think, France v Italy at Rotherham, and like it's not really sunk in yet that you know I can just make the journey that I make sort of three, four days a week, you know, and you don't have to think, you know, it's crazy when you're abroad, you start thinking about where, you don't even know where the train station is, you don't know where the hunt is. It's just all little things that kind of build up over a four or five week period when you're constantly travelling and you don't actually know the country that you're in. So, um, yeah, I think we're all just looking forward to 
actually having that familiarity and just being able to go and watch some unbelievable teams and unbelievable players so close to home. And, and I hope fans around the country feel as excited because if they do, we're going to see a lot of um, a lot of full stadiums next year, which would be great. So, yeah, just genuinely overall, really, really looking forward to it. I think it's going to be a fantastic tournament. And we've waited a long time for it as well with the year delay. So I think it's going to be great. I really do. Excellent. Let's hope for some happy faces, happy smiley faces. Rich, as always, thank you very much for uh, for joining us and, and we'll speak again. Not a problem. Thank you. And my thanks, as always, go to Rich Laverty there for his time. You, of course, can find him on Twitter at Rich J Laverty for all his thoughts. It is certainly an exciting time if you're a Lionesses fan. They play Austria at Sunderland and Latvia at Doncaster towards the end of the month. And both of those games are live on ITV. ITV4, I think it is. And if you go by the recent games that they've played, those two games coming up are likely to be full of goals. Thank you, as always, for tuning in. You can find the show on all the usual social media channels and podcast platforms. Just search Three Lions Podcast. And please feel free to spread it about. Tell your friends. You can also give it a review on the likes of iTunes. And if you do want to drop me a line, it's always great to hear from you. Feel free. Email me, threelionspodcast at gmail.com. And that's it for this episode. As I mentioned, the senior men are in action very soon. The preview pod for that is in the pipeline and it will be with you very soon. And I hope you can join me for it. So until then, take care of yourself. Cheers. <laughs>